Hi there, my name's Jane Anderson and this is the Jane Anderson Brand You Show. It's the podcast for experts who want to have greater impact, influence and income for their businesses and careers. As experts, we know that people buy from people and work with people who they know, who they like and who they trust. So I'm so glad you're here because it's that time again now to really amplify how you show up in the world. Um, so, uh, can you tell us a bit about your practice, like the context of it and, you know, the type of clients you run, how did you start and how did you yeah. get into it? How did you start and, um, and where is it now in terms of who you're working with? Okay. So it's, it's turned out quite a deep niche practice in live online. So anything from webinars to workshops to, uh, remote team leadership and people being able to connect and be effective uh, live online and, and, you know, to the point of being transformational, even if they never meet each other face-to-face or have very little opportunity. So I started the practice nearly 10 years ago. I came out of National Australia Bank, a big corporate, having set up all of the digital learning strategy and digital learning channels for them there, uh, and that was a a um, nine-year kind of career journey uh, through National Australia Bank. Uh, where I saw the opportunity for particularly a large organisation like that who's geographically distributed, large uh, employee base, to be able to equalise the learning experience for employees. So um, whether you're in, you know, Olympic Dam or Cloncurry or far western Queensland or whether you're in Sydney, you get the same opportunity to connect, to network, to learn and to, um, to rub shoulders with people in the organisation. And so this particular medium live online does that very effectively now that was a, a good while ago so that's um you know 18 years i've been um, practicing this kind of thing so the last two years has been absolutely massive um, because of COVID. so prior to that in my practice the uh the seven years leading up to uh COVID, i would work with large corporates mainly banking retail uh, insurance uh, manufacturing And I would help them uh, structure their learning programs or even run large events for them where they wanted to use webinar type technology. Mm -hmm. And so I'd help them with strategy, choosing technologies and figuring out how to make it work and how to bring people's um, mindset and behaviours to the webcam square without them shutting it all down and, you know, people going, I hate this and we don't want to do this and this won't work and my bandwidth's no good and, you know, Mm -hmm. trying to help across all of that so from a strategic point of view a mindset point of view helping organizations and then a practical point of view designing what are the materials and collateral you need to be effective in this environment and what's the um, way that you prepare yourself your persona how do you bring your best self your authentic self to the webcam square and not be shut down like that so it's almost like a stagecraft in some regards been doing a lot of that but also had to convince a lot of clients that this could be as good as if we were face-to-face. And so that was my big mantra or mission. Um, This is as good as being face-to-face and we need to take that mindset and I can guide you and help you and hold your hand to make it as good rather than thinking, oh, we've got reduced budget or we can't get people together. And so, you know, everybody does the, um, the deficit mindset when they approach this kind of thing. So particularly with large-scale learning programs, prior to COVID, I had to sell the concept that this could be really successful and really good, as opposed to static e-learning. Now, static e-learning is, you know, screen-based 
read or interact with things, but it's it's not live and it's not um, collaborative and together. Mm. Um, so I did a lot of work in that. And then all of a sudden, pandemic comes along and uh, people are ringing me up saying, well, now this is all we've got and we know that you've been banging on about this for a long time. <laughs> You've helped a lot of organisations. You know, these are organisations that I had helped and others that I hadn't, but they'd heard of me or found me on LinkedIn, um, were all of a sudden going, well, you know, we don't know where to go. We don't know where to start. We're feeling awkward and clunky and can you? we've got to deliver something in three weeks' time and all of a sudden, you know, we're not allowed to travel and there's people stuck in places. And, um, and so, yeah, my practice actually went boom, even though I was doing quite well, doing quite well before that. But all mm. of a sudden, instead of me reaching out and trying to find clients they were piling into me which is quite a challenge in itself that that kind of um, rapid practice growth um, but a really good ride so I've had two years of um, helping a lot of different clients getting an even broader range of experience than I had previously um, but one of the things I've really learned is um, is up until probably this year 2021 I was driven by the market what people were asking me for mm. um, which is a good thing because when I first started out I didn't kind of know where the value was and so you kind of put things out there and put proposals in and you get feedback um, and then you get people who come to you with a real specific need and they believe in you and believe you can do it um, <laughs> but the pivotal thing in 2021 and, and particularly since working with you Jane has been um, positioning myself where I want to be with the work that I do and understanding my own value and expertise. Right. Uh, and so starting with a white paper and yeah. then, you know, writing a book has helped me mine the depth of the experience and expertise that I have. Right. You know, I kind of carry it all around in my head and I hop from yes. client to client to client. And this year, um, putting it on paper and working with it in terms of models, constructing models, yes. unpacking it, repacking it, storytelling, framing it, metaphors, all of that work that went into white paper first and then book has really helped me mine the depth of what I've done and understand different perspectives of value on that, whether it be client perspective, my perspective, end user perspective, which is often not mm. the client, um, yeah. all of that. So that's been amazingly helpful to then go forward and shape my practice um, to, you know, to where I want it to be, to thinking about yes. clusters and, and what I do, rather than purely being, you know, pick up the phone and people say, yes, hello, can you help us with this? And I go, yes, I can help you with that. Right. Mm. So the shift from, because, um, I mean, you had great relationships, you'd built up a lot of great clients because you'd done some great work. And we always say, delivery is selling like if you do a great job will often yeah. result in an in selling something else but it can lull you into a a, a bit of a, a a safe space where you feel safe where you go oh good because that's kind of the ultimate right is to be able to say I want to get to a point where I don't have to do any business development and everybody comes to me and so if you've had what we would call order taking where people are just coming to you and you just go yep yeah, roll out another program you know the impact of that is you go oh great I'm I've got 100% close rate and you know it gives you sort of those reassurances mm. that you think you're kind of going you know okay but the challenge becomes in in the growth like you go okay well now I can't get the day rate to shift or I can't get yeah. the and I and so how do I do that because I know I've got I know I can grow here but how do I do that? And so those 
collateral, like particularly your, the book and the white paper mm-hmm. now are really those two key pieces now that you've been able to use. And now that next step really is that, that newsletter, I guess, isn't it? To Yeah. And the community absolutely. and the tribe that you're really now getting yeah. into community. Yeah, support. absolutely. Yeah. Bringing discipline into um, how I develop my business as opposed yeah. to just responding to the market. And it's interesting yeah. you say that that order taking is comfortable. I never felt safe or comfortable because oh. I always felt at the mercy of is the phone going to ring at the end of this project? Oh. You know, I'm booked up to whatever. Oh, okay. What else is coming in? And what will I do if if the phone doesn't ring? Particularly over this time of year, December, January, phone never rings. And it kind of got, I feel like it's crank starting an engine again in February, March, trying to, where's that first client for the year? Who's ready to go versus who else is still going? Oh, no, such and such is still on holidays. We can't make decisions right now because we haven't got our budget confirmed and all that kind of stuff. So it was always trying to crank start the practice again at the start of a new year. Yeah. And doing that without intelligence, I was kind of just, you know, kind of ringing people. Hello, where are you going? You know, rather, <laughs> than, um, rather than having a book, a program, a model, uh, you know, something that has um, solidity and that I've been delivering and doing, having stories to tell, I had none of that prepared. And like you say, I had no discipline around newsletters and contacts. So they would just get a call from me out of the blue because I'm hungry for work going, oh, well, what are you doing? You know, how are you going? What are you up to? You know, um, and so, yeah, that um, still working on getting that cadence happening. But yes. I really understand now the value of that discipline, even when you're busy and got lots of client work. So I guess it's that as well as, like I say, being deliberate about my practice and not right. just responding to every request and trying to put a price on it, but actually right. saying, here are the programs and here's what I do and here's how much it costs and being on the front foot in yes. terms of what I do and what I offer. And that's where I am heading now. So in the last two years, yes, I've been able to increase day rate and not feel like I was... Um, uh, fishing to see, oh, will they will they take that? I felt confident oh. that if you say no to that, that's okay because I know that that day rate is solid and that other people get plenty of value from that. Um, so not only day rate, but also um, understanding the value that I build into programs and how that supports price. Um, and right. so yes, I have had some people say no in the last two years because I'm too expensive. Yeah. Uh, and normally I would, you know, prior to this. Um, understanding of my practice I would have freaked out about that and plummeted the rate you know oh, please please you know we'll do it at this rate and whatever now okay. I don't feel like I need to do that I think that's okay you're obviously yeah. not ready for this level of um of expertise that I've got or um or you know maybe not ready now or maybe um not quite suited to the kind of work I do and there's someone else and that's the other thing that I've developed as well is an, a network of people who um have come to this area of practice live online yeah. who I guess um I hesitate to say admire what I do but you know we've got to we've got to look at our own expertise I guess and are happy to do the work that um is more perhaps routine sort of work um, right. that I can give them that if I'm too busy or doing higher level um you know programs or work or higher cost work I've got other people then who I can recommend and say I've got a producer for you who has a day rate of this and can do that. Right. Yeah, so that's been a fresh development as well, kind of lifting up that level and having others um, who who will, you know, do a different level of work and I can refer to. I love um, that. So really knowing your value and being mm-hmm. able to create a great value proposition um, 
knowing and being confident that you do bring great value and there's no need to drop your price because you and then if they so if the issue is not value if the issue is affordability then you can help them find someone else like and you're quite comfortable and and okay with that yeah yeah or even just starting with you know sometimes I say to people well um you know if they come completely blind and don't realize what I do and and how I charge and then I give them a quote no oh well didn't expect anything like that I say we can start with a book you know buy the book it's it's $30 buy the book and start there and see how you go then you might come along to a one-day course or something with me and you might work up and work into it that way and I guess there's two things about that it it, it addresses that affordability but it might also give them a window um pardon me into the depth of this field so that's yes. the other reason I think why price becomes a barrier. People don't realise the depth of expertise in Lava yes. Line. They think it's just, you know, buy a webcam, switch it on, um, you get Zoom, that's that's a cheap subscription, and then away we go, um, yes. which will work for some people, but yes. you can actually do a whole lot better than that if you put a whole lot more design thought and effort into it and also do a whole lot more strategic thinking around who your participants are, why they've been invited, what they are expecting and how they will behave. You know, the classic one that gives me insight into that is when people say, I can't get anybody to switch webcams on. Mm. And then I rummage around and dig into how did you communicate this event? What were they expecting? What's the general culture in your organisation around use of webcams on or off or whatever? And, And also then do these people know each other? Have they met before? And so you rummage around in all of that and there's so many opportunities there to start at the beginning again and you'll have people with webcams on smiling and going wow this is a great experience and yes you know yes. I'm happy to bring my whole self and my cat and dog in the background as well yeah. so. <laughs> I love that mm. um Cheryl when you were so when you first started and you started to implement some of this methodology which is around you know being able to get good collateral you know we talk about lead gen we talk about all those things that are part of sort of that expert influencer process we talk about um, um, what was happening for you in terms of, say, around some of the problems or challenges or even fears that you were having that sort of triggered you kind of going, was it that you'd, you'd sort of hummed along and you wanted or you wanted like the, the worry of the, that order taking, you wanted more certainty yeah. in, um, and predictability in your practice or what were some of the things that were happening for you that made you decide yeah. you wanted to put the so, accelerator on and grow a bit? Yeah, so several things. Um, roller coaster uh, revenue uh, yeah. is one of them. So times are good when somebody recognises what they want from you and they pop you on a big project and away we go and then, you know, you hit the slump again. And, and I had no foundation of knowing what to do when I hit the slump again, whereas now I feel like uh, there won't be a slump because I'm right. forward planning for, you know, for how I'm um, uh, out there in the market so that was one of them um a fear of success because of that fear of um what is my expertise am I good enough where when I wrote the book particularly and unpacked that and that started with the white paper when you work with um unpacking your own brain of expertise and your own experience it provides a, an enormous uh confidence level foundation of you know I have done this and I've done that too and I achieved that and that client saw that value and achieved that as a result of what I did to, you know, and that, um, so that has kind of taken away the fear of success for me. Mm -hmm. I feared success because I thought I wasn't worthy of it. If I did really well, 
uh, for a client and, and they elevated or spoke about my work, I'd think, oh, my God, you know, now there's this burden on me. What is it? So <laughs> my initial word in coming to the practice was depth. I needed to mine the depth yeah. of what I'd done and, um, and focus on that and put that out there. Um, I'm trying to think. There was one other thing you said that um, made me think of another fear. So mm-hmm. I guess it was just from from not steering the ship of my practice to right. now um, really uh, steering it. It's also that um, I think I spoke about it a moment ago as well. That that idea that everything would fall apart or um, in December January and yeah. having to restart and recrank. This is the first time in the whole time I've run my practice ten years that I've actually said I'm switching off over December, January. Wow. One, have a big rest because I've had a massive two years and in that yeah. two years I've worked a lot of weekends and that, but it's been an exhilarating ride, some great work. Um, and secondly, so I've, I feel confident that I can switch off for part of this time, but also then to focus back inwards on the practice again. I need that time to go back to, okay, what's my um, fresh start for, you know, what's 2022 looking like? What are the clusters? Yeah. What are the programs? What will go out there? Oh, the other thing, that's right. That was the other thing. The other fear I had, particularly at the beginning of 2020, was I've been doing this for, um, at that stage, uh, 17 years, 16 mm. years mm. I've been doing this and got deep expertise. But all of a sudden, people are emerging everywhere, becoming experts in live online because, you know, they needed right. to. And so you get, in terms of, Perhaps, I don't know if you call it um, colleagues or competition, whatever you like, however you like to view that, you get a lot of other people forwarding themselves out there going, I can, you know, help you run remote teams, I can run webinars for you, I can do this and all of that. And I think, and I felt fear about that. I thought all of a sudden everybody can do Everyone's catching up. Yeah, catching up or just they can do everything that I can do. And it wasn't until I did the white paper and read the book that uh, wrote the book that I realised no, actually, it's taken me a long time to develop this expertise and I've got a lot of depth, a lot of stories, a lot of experiences that, um, not to talk others down, but I realised that was a selling point. I haven't come lately to this field. I haven't just hung up the shingle and gone, I can run a webinar for you. I've I've experienced all sorts of clients in all sorts of industries with all sorts of challenges and help them across those and help them learn from that. So that gave me um, another step up in confidence and reduced that fear of, oh, everybody can do what I can do now. I'm just vanilla, you know. So the things, the shifts I'm hearing for you, Cheryl, are, um, like you just said, one is confidence. Mm -hmm. Um, The other one is you've had revenue growth, like a you know, so you don't have to go into the amount um, if you don't want to. But, you know, as a percentage, do you think you've kind of on track to is it a 50% growth or, you know, would you have? Yeah, probably more like um, yeah, probably growth. 60% growth. 60% yeah. growth. Yeah. Revenue. And I think more potential beyond that once I really get clear on clusters and programs. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Um so, and um, I'm hearing the clarity, the shifts for you have been confidence, revenue growth, clarity around your value. Clarity, definitely, yeah. Um, and hearing the practice rather than just hearing. being yeah. constantly, like you say, order-taking or responsive to the market. I still want to be responsive to the market, but now in an intelligent way, as in forecasting and seeing what the market might need and having a program or a book or a white paper ready to, to help um hook that in yes. rather than just thinking well whatever they want they get 
um, yeah, and you're you lose your sense of identity then. You do, and also clients don't always know what they want, which is fair right. enough. You know, if they haven't had the experience in things, they don't know what to order or ask for. So they might ask for something that may not be as effective for them as something else or yes. another angle on it. So it's being able to be more of a um, consultant uh, than just saying, yes, if you want that built and done that way, I'll do it that way for you. Yes. Yeah, the more advisory and the expertise, the you know, to say, well, actually... I can do it that way, but, you know, I think you're hiring me for my expertise and, you know, I wouldn't advise going that way. My advice would be if you want this particular yeah. outcome um, and feeling comfortable in that conviction, yep. you know, to be able to say, well, no, um, that's not going to work. Rather yeah. than go, okay, yes, please, I'll take the order and, you know, I'll just yeah. cope with that. Um, a couple of other key things that have happened, if I think about for you, have been, um uh your hubby's come on you know yeah you know, like yeah you, you now have um uh you're now working together which yeah. is lovely yeah so that was another fear fear of growth um yeah. or i don't know like i've employed people don't get me wrong i had a team of 10 at national australia bank 11 at one yeah. stage i'm not fearful of employing people i'm fearful of employing people in my own practice because i think can i sustain yes. that and i've yeah. always said when i start i'm not building an empire here and so this was my my fear coming out of um, fear of growth, fear of growing a practice that was bigger than just me and my eight hours a day kind of thing. But mm. um, And so I've had an easy start in employing my husband because, yes. um, you know, he's right here on the spot and he's watched me build my practice and knows what I do and, uh, and has been really helpful. But that's opened a whole window to, yes, I can delineate between the work that I need to do and the work that I can delegate or have others help yeah. with support and um yeah massive learning for me to do that I've always been a bit of a solopreneur so with the emph yeah. emphasis on the solo not in not in corporate not when because you know in corporate I was a leader and that was my role to lead people um but it, I guess it's a different mindset I've taken with my own practice and I've yeah. limited myself by that but not anymore right. I don't think yeah. Right. So just even your own trusting, you, there's a bit of trusting yourself, isn't there, that yeah. I've got this, yeah. I know how to steer this, I can sustain that position, you know, if we're going to be okay. That takes a lot of courage and a lot of guts to do that. Yeah. To, you know, that's and a real sign of the work you know, once you've got that that courage is then thinking it through all right how do I set it up easy for someone else to do right um, because you know too long I've carried everything around in my head and I know how to do things but haven't um, documented or yes. put things down and don't get me wrong I've still got work to do in that space of documenting but all yes. of a sudden I've got this window into yes if I just create this template and do this Thing and have this set up well then somebody else can come in and scoop it up and go I know what you need and it's just another one of those you want me to do to support you in that and that's yeah. where I think you you've been an amazing role model you're, you're streets ahead of me on that but um but I can see now um the value of having others support the practice yes and also then I've got an insight, a little bit of an insight, still learning into what's required to have that go smoothly and to have them feel like they're owning a part of the work uh, yeah. and that they're truly contributing rather than just trying to run around going, what does she want me to do now? How does she want me to do that? I'm not sure what she said. Oh, yeah. Yes. Yeah, because like you said, you're, you're not trying to build an empire. You're trying to build a, a sustainable practice that you yeah. can do because this is your life's work and you want to, 
do it for as you know as long as you like you can do this till you're 90 or you can hang up the webcam yeah <laughs> at, uh, at any point that you like but for a lot of us you know this is your passion and this is what this is your most your creative most fully expressed self and mm -hmm. so you know there's a you're not trying to build this empire and, and create you're trying to create scale but scale that's manageable yeah that others yeah. can support you like you said but you can still try and play in your genius as much as possible but you're making others jobs easy enough to be able to get those things out of your head and into some sort of systems and processes mm. that they can that they can use. Yeah, I've got two sets of parents who uh, um, have both run their own small businesses um, for many many years. So right. I think that gives me my entrepreneurial oh, yeah. juice. But I've seen also um, in both uh, cases the business overwhelm them. And so I guess that was one of my fears. So what you're saying to me there that, I, that I'm really hooking into is that idea that, um, that I'm running the practice. It won't yeah. overwhelm me. I'm forward yeah. planning. I know the size that it needs to be. I've got a sufficient um, support and help. And, um, yeah, and I'm not looking to, as, as I said, grow an empire that no. then becomes a burden to me. I want this still to be... Uh, a work of love um, yes. working with the clients I love on the things I want to do and still you know they come back to steering that ship I'm steering this thing and I'll do it for as long as um, well there's two reasons I guess I'm in business one is I like um, I like the creativity the flexibility um, the the ability to be in charge and go where I want to do you know I'm my own boss um, I'm not stuck in a corporate job where, you know, they restructure and I then get stuck in something else. There's nothing stuck yeah. about, about my practice and the way I do things. Right. Um, so that's one part of it. And the other part is I can drive my own income. I can amp it up and work really hard and scoop in the revenue. And then at other times I can year, the year I can go, well, there's enough in the bank account now. I'll sit easy for a bit and I'll have you know, zero or low revenue months. And that's okay. I'm not going to panic yes. about that. Um, so it's kind of that financial planning bit. And certainly when I look towards when I want to retire, I feel completely in charge of that in my own practice. Right. Um, not only in terms of the workload that I can scale back when I want to, but I'm in charge of, I do really feel in charge of the revenue that I'm earning. And I know how much I need to earn over the next few years to go, well, you know, that's enough for me. And I've got my, you know, um car and house and you know what i need sort of thing yeah i love that just really you know we think about why did we most of us go into consulting was that sense of autonomy hmm. and, and freedom and um, the ability to make our own choices um to be hmm. able to do what we want to do so i love that and that if i am um, anyway. yeah if i share a bit more about money um i used to be in a position um in corporate where I would, uh, because I was always leading creative or innovative initiatives, I was always creating my own next role. I was never kind of climbing a ladder that was a career pathway. I was always, oh. you know, like um, in the digital learning space and digital learning strategy and then head of digital learning. I created those roles because we needed them because I developed the um, the work enough that it needed and, you know, I developed roles in my team. So I always felt like I was arguing for my next salary or negotiating because there was no role there. I had to define the role and then I had to argue for how much I believed that role was worth and what level it was right. in the company because, like I say, I was always creating roles and, and teams and things in the work that I did, um, whereas in my own practice I don't have to do that now. You know, like yeah. I'm in charge of pricing. I don't need yeah. to 
to speak to someone up in the executive and go, I believe my role's worth this amount of money and, and whatever. Yes. So, um, I love that. I enjoy that part of it as well. Yes. Don't get yeah. me wrong, I love my time in corporate. You get an enormous yes. amount of experience in corporate, meet a lot of people, get a lot of good challenges, get a lot of juice from that. But, yeah, once I stepped into my own um, practice, I really enjoy that, yeah, I can I can dial up the revenue and dial it down as I like much easier than I yes. can argue for a pay rise. Yes, yeah. And you, and you know the ramifications of any of those decisions. Like, you know, mm. okay, if I'm going to increase the revenue, great, that means I've got to make sure I'm looking after myself, make sure I've got to get, get in and, you know, I've got a lot to deliver. I've got to make sure I've got the right support, you yeah. know, but you can, um, and, you know, you can um, ease the accelerator off. You know, you can choose when you want yeah. to ease that off as opposed to um, corporate demands determining when mm. you will do those things. And even so. if even if you find yourself, I find myself sometimes not in a position of choice, like I've landed a big contract with a tight deadline and I need to go hard to deliver that, I still feel like I'm in charge. I still right. don't feel like I'm working for the boss. I yeah. am the boss, you know. Yes. Even if I land a very demanding client, um, yes. and I've had a few, but yes. I actually then feel like I enjoy demanding clients because this is taking me into um, new challenges, maybe a new industry or a new bunch of people in it. You know, I've worked in Southeast Asian cultures in the last couple of years and that's yeah. fascinating and challenging. And so um, not all easy, sometimes hard, but, yeah. Um, but, yeah, the distinction I'm making is when you're working hard, for a boss or a big corporate, you don't always see, um, you don't always feel like you're in charge when it's your no, own practice right. and you've got a very difficult client or a hard project. I still feel like I'm in charge of this. I've, yes. I've got the reins. I'm not, yes. you know, I'm not um, a victim to this. You know? Yeah, yeah. And, you've, and, you know, even just other things that you've been able to, to do, if I think about it, like you've been, even just things like being able to, you bought your dream car, recently yes. which is yes. super cool yeah. um, how did that feel like now being at that stage in your practice feels amazing. That, it's, it's such a cool <laughs> feeling yeah. every day I drive it I think I own this thing I never thought I would own it <laughs> and when you say my dream car I kind of um I guess I didn't dream about it um I am a bit of a fan of cars and I've had a few different yeah. cars over my time but I never kind of popped it up there on the vision board and went I, I want to own a one of those I kind of worked hard in my practice to the point where I had enough money and it just made good sense um from a, a tax perspective as well that I can have one of those and this dawning of oh my god that would be an amazing car to drive and then being able to have it and still every day I think wow you know and my husband keeps reminding me this is your hard work you have yeah. worked so hard that you've got yeah. this stuff there so it was almost like a um it was almost like a one day I woke up and looked around and realized how hard I'd worked and what I'd earned to be able to achieve that I didn't kind yeah. of um, I didn't thirst for it necessarily, yeah. Uh, but yeah, once once I got that, I went wow. And you know, things like our beach house and that, uh, yeah. things like that. Um, I guess I dreamed of that more than anything. But once again, yeah. never really believed that I would have the money to to be able yes. to do that. Um, and yeah, and sometimes you even work from there. How good is it? Yeah, that? yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Oh, Cheryl, you've just come so far I'm so happy for you with what you've been able to implement this year I know there's been um, you've had a lot on your plate with particularly with COVID and the demands that you've had from mm. your clients 
and but then being able to implement some of these key things the big one was your book um white papers absolutely just trusting your thinking and being able to get that out and know that you've got great value um and you you know do have that transformational experience for your client but you've done a lot of work this year mm. um, what advice would you have if someone was at that imagine going back to where your practice was you know 12 months ago and if someone's sitting there thinking oh cheryl was that's me now yeah. where she was what advice what advice would you have for them if they're at that stage where they're wanting a bit more certainty in their practice they they've probably got some good clients but they feel like they could be doing better but they're just not confident perhaps in that uh, mm. in their expertise and their knowledge and and you know with that next stage of growing their practice yeah I'd say I'd say flip it and do the follow the practice and do the positioning and the work and the mindset will come I used to think to myself when I feel more confident I will write a book or when I um, uh, lose that fear of success maybe then I'm ready to grow my practice whereas I just kind of dived in and followed um, your good advice of, um, of unpacking and mining your expertise, you know, writing about what you do, um, sharing what you do, being generous with clients. And, yeah, do that. And the mindset came for me. That's, that's right. my advice. I think everybody might be different. But I used to think I've got to wait until I'm on the right headspace. All those, right. Yeah, particularly the book. I would, I would say I need to wait until I feel confident enough to write a book and that would never happen. I just had yes. to get in and get mucky with it yes. and, um, and it didn't take very long before all of a sudden I realised, wow, I think I can actually do this. I think I can. You know, it's like that little, um, yes. what was that little steam engine? I think I can. I think I can. I, think I, can. I, can. I know I can. <laughs> All of a sudden you go, look what I did. And you go, oh my God, you know. And then that just that just makes you want the next challenge then because you feel like that one was a bit like running a marathon, you know. The first first 10Ks is pretty good, 20Ks feels really good. 30, you feel like an absolute bag of shit. But I tell you what, by the time you get to by the time you get to 42, you go, man, I just did that. I just did that. So you gotta kind of get in the trenches, you gotta to get to the 30k mark where you just feel absolutely spent. But you yes. think I've got a little bit and I can keep going. I think I can. And then, yeah, yes. keep going and you get there. That's such great advice, Cheryl. I love that. So flip it. So, you know. Um, Rather than waiting to feel confident. Yeah, don't wait to feel confident. Do the activities that, that creates the confidence. It does, yeah. Um, it's like a magnet I love that. For, for feeling. Um, what's the dream for your practice uh, in the future, Cheryl? So, um yeah. yeah, what's your biggest dream or your goal for your for your practice from here? Total clarity is um is my big dream. Total clarity about my expertise, what I do, the programs I offer. Yeah. And um yeah, I guess it's just a level up from where I now. I feel I have clarity now. I'd just like yeah. to go for that real crystal clear. And I see some people in your community and thought leaders and, and around the place who do seem to have that total clarity. Here's who I am, what I do. Um, and so if something over here that's sort of associated with what they do doesn't really suit them, they go, sorry, but here's what I am, what I do. <laughs> I, don't get, I don't get distracted, I guess, yes. distracted by uh, noise. And, um, and I think they're very effective because of that. I think you can be maximum effective if you are clear about here's who I am and what I do and how I can help and, and you know, um, let, me, let me help you, let me guide you. That's, I think that's real leadership in yes. uh in your field yeah 
Terrific. Well, we're so happy for you, Cheryl. Thanks for being part of the book. Um, for those people who want to reach out or who would like to follow you, you know, they jump on to um, Cheryl E. Walker. Cheryl E. Walker.com. Yeah. yeah. And you've also got your, your book live online, which you can download on um, Amazon. You can go to yes. your website. Yeah, it's on all the, yeah. all the, all the or from my website. You can purchase her. Yeah. And if they want to connect with you on even LinkedIn, or something like that yeah linkedin's my favorite yeah best place to connect right. mm -hmm. terrific all right thanks again cheryl <laughs> thanks